1: what's up you guys sean Rossap, fightful here with a name you know you know he popped up on one of our prediction streams last year one of my one of my favorite uh on-screen uh experiences last year you know him as rohit raju you know him as hakeem zane how you doing man
2: i'm good how about yourself
1: i'm doing good man you've had a lot of stuff happening over the last few months uh, you've always got a lot of stuff happening. You're wrestling all over the country a- at any given
2: time. Uh, first off, just how you been? Ah, uh, good. Trying to stay busy. Trying to stay relevant. Uh, got a chance to step into the ring with some people that I really enjoyed or I was always a fan of. So, like recently, got a chance to work with Warhorse at Warrior Wrestling. That was fun. That was my first time there. That was a great show. Uh, I'll be wrestling Dan the Dad uh saturday at blp and then i have trey miguel thursday at uh, iwr in michigan so i'm trying to stay busy every single week have been getting some uh a looky look from AEW. hopefully that'll go somewhere but other than that man just trying to find my place in the universe
1: so uh one of those places has been impact wrestling uh, over the last few years and A lot of people were surprised when you had announced on Twitter that you would be a free agent because uh, I think plenty of people remembered that I think it was October 2020 it was announced that you had signed like a multi-year deal. Uh, What exactly happened there? I know you've spoken about it a a little bit on other shows, but how did that unfold to where you became a free agent?
2: Well, I only signed a year extension, so I don't don't know where the multi— I saw that, you know, and I was like, well, you know, I have no idea where that came from, but my contract was up at December 31st, and uh, we just couldn't agree on money. I felt like I had doubled my value there, no matter what they put me in. I was making it work, you know. Anyone when they put me, they put me in with some of the best guys in the world: Cardona, Rocky Romero, Josh Alexander. Didn't matter if I was doing exhibition stuff, wrestling, fin Juice. I was standing there toe to toe with these people, putting on. Uh, good matches, and not only that, but I was reliable and consistent. And then my promo work—I'm not gonna, I'm, you know, I'm gonna toot my own horn,
1: but it was great. There was
2: nobody in the company that was touching me, so uh, maybe a couple guys, you know, they really cut some really good promos, but I was up there, and uh, so I felt like from the row heat that had signed even a year prior uh, with my X division one wasn't the same guy, so I had wanted this amount. They said, no, of course, and they offered me this amount, and I was like, hell no, and uh, I just, I felt like it was really low, and I said, I won't do anything for less than this, and they said, sorry, man, we can't do it. I said, okay, you know, well, I guess we'll just part ways, and we parted ways, and uh, that's it, you know, that's that's what happened. I, I love Impact Wrestling, and I have nothing bad to say about them. I loved my time there. I miss everybody there. Um, I'm sure the door's open, I, I would think. You know, I didn't leave on any bad terms. We just couldn't agree on money. So, and it kind of stung a little bit because I was like, ah, worth way more than what you guys offered. But, you know, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Your, your promo work was outstanding, always entertaining uh, above and beyond everything. Like even, like I said, I had you on my prediction show and I, that was a blast to do. Like the character work associated with that, they they were like, who would you like? And I said, i like to get Rohit on here he's cutting great promos let's have him on here I think that'd be a great exercise and an opportunity to hear him talk about every wrestler on the roster at that and our audience loved it and I think a lot of people um, a, a lot of the audience reflected the work that you put in on that show because everybody was talking about your matches after that and you were in this feud with Jordan Grace that that you had mentioned how did you feel about that when when you were presented with that idea?
2: Uh, at first, I was like, "Ah, man, I don't know." Like, because they wanted it done so quick. But then, when we re- like, I realized what was happening. Willie was holding the belt, and <laughs> the just the heat it got afterwards was so awesome. It was very old school, and that's my favorite type of stuff. Uh, and then, of course, the our little skirmish at Bound for Glory. You know, she was part of that. And I thought there was actually, we could have ran further with uh, her and I, but it, you know, it just didn't, it didn't end up happening that way. And then the yelling equality before I double stopped it. That was just, I don't know. I was just stupid stuff I pull out of my hat sometimes. <laughs> uh, I was funny because I saw comments on the internet and I had done something prior when I had to work with uh, Kylie Ray, at, you know, it was one of the collectives, I think it was before COVID. Um, and... I remember this fan was like, he's really like that. I've I've seen him wrestle with other people, and he's I think he's a chauvinist. And I was like, sweet, you know, I'll take that. Because <laughs> if I pull the wool over your eyes, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And I think uh, that's missing in professional wrestling. I think MJF is probably the best guy that does that right now. But uh, I'm a fan of that stuff. Like, yeah, you don't like me? Cool. It backfires sometimes. We did a meet and greet, or as I called it, a roquit and greet at Impact one time. And I remember talking to these fans, you know, cause I'm trying to get autographs, they sure. sign autographs. They would not talk to me. They looked at me and they were not fans at all. And I was like, okay, it's a double-edged sword because one, I'm doing my job real well, but then the other hand, I'm not putting money in my pocket. So it's like, ah, you know, it's kind of weird.
1: So uh, to kind of go back to, to your impact deals, I know you'd been around effectively since like 2017. I know things really took off in like 2018, but like had you come in, came in there in a on a per-appearance deal? Had you signed like a series of one-year deals? How exactly did that work out?
2: It was all per-appearance. The first time it was just kind of like, hey, I won the gut check thing. Uh, the first thing I got was my tryout match. I did real well. But that was when Jarrett was in charge. And then all that, you know, kind of stopped and then I didn't have anything until gut check won that. And then they brought me to the Ottawa tapings, liked what I did. And I got to wrestle Isha Morty, which was yeah so awesome. Like, man, but, um, and then they would just sign me per appearance and one year extensions, which I was fine with. I didn't mind that. Uh, and then I just wanted more this time. Yeah, Cause I thought, I, I thought I earned it. I, I said mm-hmm. before wrestling doesn't owe you anything, but I did think I earned much more than what they were trying to give me uh, and just because i thought my work spoke for itself um and that's something people still fail to realize like I, I you know you read you do the wrong thing and read the comments sometimes comment sections and stuff this guy's a job or he always loses it's like, well, that's how wrestling works man if they want to push me to the moon they'll push me to the moon uh and they don't want to they will not so yeah uh, i mean the smart ones are still pretty dumb sometimes so but uh uh, and, and yeah. it's, it's like, if, if you, the machine wants to get behind you, it's going to get behind you. If they want to pay you the money, they will pay you the money. If and they, they want to sign. You, they'll just, they'll justify,
1: they'll justify yeah. that pay based on the push. If they want to.
2: Exactly. But like, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, I get it. It's business. But if you want to do something, you will do something because you will go pay so-and-so that amount of money, or you will go pay, or you will sign so-and-so to this amount of contract. And, you know, and and I, I don't want to say I took it personally, but I, it was a hard pill to swallow to know that the value—I do value myself pretty high—but mm-hmm. there's still lots of room to grow. Um, but I, I feel like uh, that kind of sucked because I felt like my value was way higher than that in the world of professional wrestling. It's not an impact, you know. What I mean, just and sometimes it's like, oh damn, it's just—it's it's, it's not catching on for whatever reason.
1: Have you had any contact with Impact since you left? Because, I mean, it seems like you left on pretty pretty fair terms.
2: Yeah, I, I literally texted Scott and asked him if I could still use the name Rohit Raju. He was like, yeah, I was, man. I was about it to was ask so you about that. Yeah, yep. And so, like, because I was going down to Dark to do that, and I want to still use Rohit because it kind of, you know, and the after the exhibition run, that kind of really opened up a lot of eyes, and the name actually meant something. It had some value after that. And then just all the other antics I did in impact after that. So I, I felt like that I wanted to continue that. Cause that, you know, it wasn't my name. It was something they created. I was, yeah. you know, I saying, but I thought I did something with Rohit and I want to continue to use that and keep that name fresh.
1: And I've heard of late, like impact has been very lenient about IP usage and stuff like that. I mean, a few years ago, after the Matt Hardy thing, they were just like, we're just going to release all this IP. And EC3 yeah. immediately registered his and all that stuff. So I think that's that's very progressive. I think that's a very, very good thing because a lot of companies wouldn't do that.
2: Yeah, they do a lot of great things. I mean, look at the Forbidden Door. Yeah. Look at all the talent, the, the Ring of Honor thing that's happening. The New Japan thing that happened. The AEW crossover. That's all tremendous stuff. That all happened at Impact. Mm-hmm. They They don't get enough credit. Uh, in the world of professional wrestling, people still look at Impact like the redheaded stepchild of professional wrestling. But some of the best wrestlers are there right now. And it blows my mind. And it's funny, like when said wrestler will go to a different promotion, they're like, oh, this guy's really good. It's like, yeah, he was good when he was wrestling at Impact as well. Nothing changed. He just got a bigger platform. And it's a shame that it, that company does not get the eyes that it deserves. Yeah. But they do, they deserve a bigger audience because a lot of the stuff they do is really, really good.
1: That's a point I hear specifically Alex Hammerstone and Richard Holiday bring up. They're like, well, people tell us that we look like AEW guys, but we are MLW guys, and you can watch us literally any week that you want to on the platform exactly. that we're on.
2: Yeah, it's a weird, it's funny, like people, because back in the day, people wouldn't even go to indies, mm-hmm. you know, they was you had a tough time. But now mm-hmm. indies are kind of like, the thing in a sense at least with the internet someone gets that indie buzz next thing you know they're getting signed to some company um in it and that's kind of cool but like now it's like the lesser brand promotions aren't getting the love because they're lesser brand it's like where do you think seth rollins came from you know what i mean where do you think brian danielson came from I, i i that that type of mentality and dismissive attitude it kills me it's like why don't be an elitist enjoy wrestling there's great wrestling literally everywhere right now it's like you're just putting yourself in a box and putting blinders on and you're hating on something just because the internet's telling you to dislike it it's like think for yourself please so I'm curious
1: as to sort of the timeline when you knew you'd be leaving impact because a lot of things changed a couple months right before that. Cause there was the, the announcement that ROH would be going on hiatus and that eliminates a big option for a lot of people. Did you, did you know around then or was this after that, that you kind of figured out that you wouldn't be staying with impact?
2: Uh, I figured, I think it was in November. It's so a little bit after. Yeah. It was the last set of tapings. I think it was in Vegas that I figured when I sat down and talked to Scott, I was like, ah, they're probably not gonna give you what I want. And, uh, but man, in the summer, I was like, well, there's a lot of options, you know, if I don't re-sign, there's a lot of options to go places. AEW didn't have like that full roster yet. Ring of Honor was still popping. Um, And then of course you had MLW, NWA, and then like October, November hit and WWE released so many people. And so, like those guys had a lot of name value, and people were trying to uh, pick them up. So then, Ring of Honor, you know, went on the hiatus, and it was just like, ooh, there's nowhere to go. There is not really too many places that are probably going to pay you what you want. And uh, so, yeah, it was like fear hit instantly, and it was like, man, I'm competing with guys like Swerve. I'm competing with the Buddy Murphys who have like this already worldwide name. And I know I'm good, but the rest of the world might not see it like that. What's going to draw more, bringing in this guy that already has a huge following or bringing in someone that's kind of kind of unknown in most circles? So, yeah, it, like that fear sets in. You're like, oh, shit, like what am I going to do? You know, but then I, I honestly – it sucked because like it I shot myself in the foot kind of. Like I knew my value yes. and I didn't want to stay at a place that didn't know my value.
1: So I don't think there's anything wrong with that too, and I mean, even through that, I mean, you're you're popping up at like Warrior Glory Pro, like these are yep. really good indies that be, that people do pay attention to, and New Japan Strong's out there, they're bringing in new people all the time, which I think is always really promising, uh, but. I, I do wonder how the ROH thing will, will change, because based on... By the time I, this airs, I will kind of put out there, I think they're doing no contracts, basically a super indie type of thing. And... Yeah, like, basically, I think that they probably looked at the landscape, and this is my hunch, and said, we can probably do probably the same numbers on Sinclair without having all these people under contract and just bringing in whoever's available. That's, that's yeah. my hunch there. Um, but... I'm, I'm hoping there's a reemergence in that because having another major company has benefited the Indies during the pandemic. I'm hoping it will benefit uh, along the way. And you popped up in that company uh, for a couple matches. I know you worked Sean Dean in a dark match, and I don't think a lot of people realize Sean Dean books a lot of the extra talent for AEW. So that's a good person to be in the ring with if mm-hmm. you're you're looking to pick up work. And you also did a match against the Wingmen. How did this all come about?
2: Uh well, it was really weird, man. I, I didn't expect anything when I announced that I was a free agent. And I thank you for retweeting it as well. But it blew up. Like I remember sitting there that night and I was like I was talking to Jake something, I was like, Man, I guess I'll, you know, tweet this out. And we were going I was like, Man, how should I word it? You know? I wanna make it I don't wanna make it seem like it's like the end of the world or anything like that. And uh and I just and I ended up tweeting it. And next thing I knew, it was just like it blew off, and then like you retweeted it. And it was later on that night, QT Marshall started following me on Instagram. I was like, Oh, this is good. Yeah, and then he messaged me right away. He said, Hey, TK wanted me to hit you up. Are you done with impact? I was like, Yeah, he goes, You want to come down for dark? I was like, Yeah, he goes, All right, we'll get your information, we'll fly you out. I was like, That's pretty sweet. Yeah, so I went down there and um. you know, they gave me, they let me cut a promo, which I think I knocked that out of the park. I, I felt like I did. And uh, I got to wrestle. At first, they were like, ah, we don't know what we want to do because we don't know what, you know, where this is going or any of that. And I and they kind of were like, yeah, we just want to kind of see you up close and personal. It's was like, sweet. It made me feel good, too, because they are like, yeah, we know who you are. You're proven to us. And I was like, man, that's awesome because you never know who's watching. You don't know who knows what and who likes what. So it was cool to have a company that is like, Upper echelon look at you and be like, "Yeah, man, we know you're good. We just kind of want to get closer eyes on you." So uh, I did that and I heard good things. We're like, "Yeah, we're gonna bring you back." They brought me back, and then we did the, you know, the match with the wingman, and that's just kind of you know, that's it, it, it's a different. It was kind of it was like an eight man tag, so it was just kind of a a thing real quick, you know. So, but it was still cool to be down there, and then I'll be down there for the March ones as well, which is really cool. Nice. So. Obviously, I'm, I'm hoping something happens with that. It, it's tough, though, because they've been signing guys left and right. So it's like you want to hope there's some some landscape for you to put your feet on, but you don't know. Um, but I'm just happy to get the opportunity to work and work at a level and in front of people of that nature. So, yeah, and they've, they've treated me real well since I've been down there, and that's all I can ask for.
1: I would imagine Tony Khan being at so many of those impact tapings and shows probably didn't hurt you either. Cause he got to see a lot of that. I would say, cause like there were times I didn't even realize that, that he was there and like, I'm leaving Slammiversary and he's, he's right outside. And I'm like, Oh,
2: there's Tony. Yeah. there's times I didn't know he was there. I'd be walking in <laughs> the hall. And there it was. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Tony Khan's here. That's kind of cool. Uh, you never know. I never know what he watched. I know he saw me cut a promo one time, but it's like, and he liked it. He gave sure. like the thumbs up. And, but you never know if he remembered that. That was like in the summertime. So who knows? And he's seen six billion promos after that. So, uh, but no, the fact that they invited me down was pretty big for me. And that was like the one company that I was really hoping that would get a hold of me. And uh, they did. So it was awesome. It was, it was fantastic. And I'm, you know, ride that wave until I see where it goes.
1: So I assume uh, most of these, uh, the dark tapings uh, are probably set for Orlando. Uh, that seems like a pretty central hub for uh, a lot of taping wrestling, not so much independent wrestling. Where are you based out of right now? I'm in Michigan. So that's that's a bit of a haul for you.
2: Yeah. But you're
1: flying I'm, down there, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, they they fly me out, which is really cool. That's nice. In Chicago, we drove to the Chicago one. It was me. Um and Calm and uh, Ren Jones, and we did that during the storm, and that sucked, Ooh. that sucked, yeah.
1: So, uh, you have worked a ton of indies, and again, being from Michigan, like...
2: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.
1: You're, you're going to be exposed to a lot of that stuff, the elements that you have to go through to make a date. And, like, plenty of times I'm sure you're like, is this worth it? Is this worth it? Like, you're putting your, your personal safety at risk. What's, what's maybe the most sketchy you've remembered where you're like, am I even going to emerge from this?
2: Um, well, this <laughs> past, uh, I, I went to, I was driving to the airport, and I wrestled for Midwest all-star wrestling out in like Turtle Lake, Wisconsin, which is like the middle of nowhere. You literally have to fly into the Minneapolis airport and then drive an hour and a half to yeah. this, this spot. And they took real good care of me. But uh, my tire, I didn't know my tire was that bald. And it was And then, it like a, a, a chunk. I hit something in a chunk, uh, in a pothole and a chunk of it Ooh. came out. Next thing I know, I'm like, I didn't think anything of it because my car was still fine. But uh, next thing I know, my tire light comes on and air is just, seeping out of this I'm like, god dang it fix a flat nothing and i'm like i gotta get a tire on this thing i don't know what's gonna happen luckily i just happened to pull into a walmart um parking lot i was like wait a minute. and i was literally jacking it. i was like wait a minute this is walmart they gotta have autos on yes or auto place it was seven in the morning i was like okay they're open nobody was there as far as customer wise so they took the tire off and they showed me they're like dude i don't know how you're driving on this i was like oh my god and then, of course, I posted it on Twitter, and everybody cooked me on it. So I'm well-deserved. <laughs> but uh, they, they replaced the tire real quick. Uh, Shout-out to New Hudson Walmart Auto's Man, Auto Center.
1: It always takes me, like, seven hours. Like, you set up your Dude,
2: appointment, and it takes me, like, yes. seven hours. I got lucky because I was like, I'm not going to make my flight. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss my flight. And I got there, and uh, actually, I, I parked at Johnny Bravo's house, and he dropped me off, and I, I made it. And there was another time I was doing this show in Canada, And it was like one of my, I think it was like my second show. And I had to, I, I, this is when I I used to hate driving. I used to have really bad anxiety. And it was this huge winter storm. And I had to meet uh, Tydarius Thomas, TD. He used to wrestle with the Ring of Honor years ago. And I'm meeting him in like ghetto of Detroit. And the snow was just terrible. And somehow we made it to this show. And uh, a young Ethan Page, and uh, I think he was on that show, and Josh Alexander were on that show amongst some other guys, but yeah, man, I was like, I'm not going to make it to the show. We did. And somehow we made it there, but yeah, it's always the snow that is a pain and it's the worst.
1: Man. I remember reading Jericho's books and he talks about having to drive across like frozen lakes in Canada yeah. <laughs> and then he would get there and it's like 15 people. And then he ended up sleeping like at the venue because like that's where that they weren't getting out of there. Yeah. Man. So uh, we talked about your impact run. You won the X Division title. How far ahead of time do you find out that you're winning? Is it like a day of thing?
2: It was literally a few days before I went down there because I was just eating crap for the longest time. Yeah. Because uh, I remember it, like it was during COVID, and they had already had plans to kind of get me away from the hit squad. then uh sure i had to go back to india raj was injured and then they had gama and i they're like all right well now you're gonna get you're gonna yell at gama now gama's not gonna yell at you we're gonna kind of let you do your your own thing i was like "Oh, that's sweet well then covid happened and gama wasn't traveling so it was just me and then at one moment they were letting me do like my more bitter attitude like i did at aaw and then the literally the next set of tapings they were like ah no and i was like just eating crap like just eating, eating, and eating it. I was like, man, what the hell happened? I thought I was going to, I was in for something good. And then literally the next set, they're like, yeah, you're winning the exhibition title. And I thought it was a rib. I was like, ah, this, this, they're ribbing me. They're messing with me. And literally I was bottom of the barrel last time. And now I'm winning the exhibition title. And I did. And, uh, but the funny thing was I was ready. I was yeah. ready to run with it because I've been wanting an opportunity. And so as soon as it happened, I was like, sweet, I'm ready to go. Give me a microphone. Let me do my thing. And uh, that was funny because I remember when I won it, people were like, What is this loser winning? And his job really sucks. And he's so useless. Oh, you know, the hit squad, they were lame and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Oh, cool. You know what? That's just more fuel for me. And then by the end of my run, people were like, oh, I didn't think he could do it, but he was great. That was so entertaining. And this, that, and the other. And this guy's good. So I was like, Again, it's how you are perceived and how you are pushed sometimes that makes the difference I was always I felt like entertaining but I was even more when I got the exhibition title because I finally had room to show it and I also had a lot of confidence um as well so and then being in the ring with the guys I was with helped develop into the wrestling I am today and, and have that confidence to just kind of show out
1: yeah I mean you were you were you went from again where you were to winning the title and you were beating like Trey Miguel and TJP and crazy Steve a couple times on TV. I remember uh the Jake something match as well. Another uh possibly impending free agent. Uh if I believe his deals up in a in a couple weeks into February as we reported. He's a
2: walking walking bag of money. Somebody better scoop him up is. or they better resign sign him. That is a star.
1: I was I was backstage at Black Label Pro one time. I had never met him and we were kind of set up next to each other. I was doing interviews. And like we would accidentally bump into each other, and I almost bumped off of just bumping into him. I was like, "Man, this yes. dude is this dude's he's as we call him a sirloin beef son's a bitch. He is he's, <laughs> he's solid, dope.
2: man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Another dude that I hope um, people are paying attention to is uh, my partner on the Indies, him That's another guy. Yeah. Like he has that it factor. Like I, I always say. Like I remember like in WWE seminars, Jim Ross would say the it factor. Like the guy that can walk into a room or airport or and everyone stops and stares. Those two have that anytime. Me, I don't, I don't have, I have to be half naked and in the ring for you to realize like, Oh, this guy is a really good professional wrestler. He's a guy I want to punch in the face. But those two, they walk into a room and everyone's like, Ooh, who are you? You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, they're money. He's got some looks too
1: of late, like, like, uh, from, from the likes of AEW. Yeah. He yes. looks, he looks like a million bucks. He yeah, looks yeah. incredible.
2: He's young and hungry and, and ready to learn. And then uh, I, the future is very bright for both those guys. So.
1: My obligatory question, how can we get Monty Brown to wrestle again? You,
2: It's <laughs> so funny. I get asked that.
1: I know, every time. So I'm asking it too.
2: <laughs> I don't know, man. He's, Monty's. he's elusive. Like, I haven't seen him in a while, but... I talked to uh, Lance um, when I saw him because I know him and Monty are really good friends. I said, Hey, man, yes. have you talked to Monty in a while? And he he's like, Yeah, I brought him down to watch the football game and blah, 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 blah. And like him, so him and Monty are, he's closer. I, I just, I used to see Monty in the gym and at uh, shows and stuff like that. And, and he would randomly text me when I would do something on impact and give me critiques or tell me how good it was and stuff. So that was always awesome. I haven't spoken to him in a while. So I'll reach out and tell him that, dude, people want you to do something. And uh, he'll probably laugh, and yes. that'll be
1: it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing. Um, I mean, that, that's a dream interview for me. I think he's he's just amazing, that special charisma. And Lance got him to do that that video for him for yes. ad- everything. But uh, the former Kevin Thorne, Kevin Fertig, was, was also a buddy, has brought him in for, I believe it was a cancer benefit show, and Monty nice. showed up for it. And Kevin said, he was like, man my phone blew up. He's like, every promoter was like, yes. how can I get him? How can I get him? And I was like, well, Mikey from black label pros, just going to have to wait. Cause he ain't taking dates yet, but no, nope. like he's, he's one of those unique stories. And like in that he, he left wrestling, but he still has contact with people like yourself, Lance Archer, yeah. Kevin Fertig. It's not like he, he's like, Oh man, wrestling can piss off. He's just, no. it seems like he's happy and he found success.
2: When I talk to him, when we start talking about wrestling, like it's funny when I, if I'm like a, walking in the store, you know, sometimes you can feel someone watching you on the corner of your eye. <laughs> yeah. I'll look and he'll be down there like this. Ready to <laughs> oh, I got gotcha you. there. see, slacking. I'll, I'll see him. But when we see each other at the gym, I, I'd see him and I'd, I'd do the same thing to him. And then we'd lock up in the gym or something like that. it's just, but when you start talking to him about wrestling, his eyes light up. He still has that passion for it. And when he would explain to me things like, well, you got to find something that makes you different. You know, I, good one, I used to have the Mohawks, like, man, make it purple or something like that. Like, you just got to have something to stand out. You already got everything else. You just got to stand out. And he would just, he would talk to me with such passion about it. So he still has that love for professional wrestling. And I love the fact that professional wrestling still has a love for Monty Brown.
1: He seems like a guy that would be perfect for the performance center. Maybe, maybe not for the, the technique aspect, but you want to talk like, like the stuff you mentioned, like standing out and accelerating your character.
2: Yes. Like that's, I remember when, cause I knew him, I was like, Monty's wrestling. No way, man. And then I watched that when TNA used to have the $5 pay-per-views and I saw him cut a promo. I was like, this dude's awesome. I was like, that's Monty. So you what? knew him, but you knew him before. Yeah, because I used to work at like Fye, and and I we would go to the gym, and I just knew of him.
0: And yeah. He used to have
2: like this long black hair, and he was always a, he was always a beast. And then when I found out that he liked wrestling, he would come into my work, and we would just talk about wrestling all the time. And then uh, I remember he didn't know what Rick Flair's music was, and I did. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is Space Odyssey, blah, blah blah blah. He's like, oh cool. And so he bought the CD because he needed it for something, and. Um, and then when I started training and going to shows, one of my first, before I was cleared, I was roughing, And it was one of his like last matches before he went off to uh, WWE. But uh, yeah, I was a ref for him. But then when I started to wrestle, of course, I was just in at first heavily involved in the Michigan scene. He would always come out to shows and watch. He would always pull me aside, tell me about my work, my character, my charisma, what I need to work on, what's working. And that never stopped. When I signed with Impact, he did the same thing. He would text me like, hey, bro, I watched this. This is great. Um, when I won the exhibition title, he was one of the first people I told. He was so happy and proud of me. He's like, see, there you go, man. Now And then I think he watched something I did when I was exhibition champion, and he texted me. And it was just really cool, man. He's, That's he's a great awesome. guy. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, he's cool, dude.
1: Like, I, I know Braun Breaker can bend Rick and Scott Steiner's ear. I would love, like, Monty Brown to just have a conversation with Braun Breaker and them to just, first off, I want to watch them shoulder block each other. That would be cool.
2: But yeah, I think it'd be like the Predator.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Rohit Raju, Hakim Zayn, tell the people where they can find you, where they can support you,
2: where they can follow you. Uh, of course, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Rohit. I've been slacking, though. i got to get some new designs up. I didn't get anything new because I didn't know if I could use the name real heat. Yeah, so I'll go like some merch tables and like have just <clears throat> just have eight by tens. And people are like, you don't have any shirts or nothing. I was like, no, I don't want to get anything new made because I didn't know yeah. if I could still what I could use. Uh, but of course, Twitter at Hakeem Zane, um, Raju Zane eighty on Instagram. If you're in the Michigan area, uh, I always have my school, the uh, Dragon's Lair Pro Wrestling Academy. Definitely come out and, and roll around with the kids and the students, um, you know, roll around with me. We can <clears throat> chop it up a little bit. I, I love seeing people come through, and, of course, the, the students do as well. I um, can't get into my Facebook, so I, I lost my, my Facebook page. So that sucks. Oh. I'm on YouTube here and there. I don't really do anything with it. My friends keep telling me to get a vlog, but I'm like, everybody has a vlog. I'd rather appear on Ethan's vlogs and be an idiot. Great. So Other than that, that's it, man. And, of course, um, I will be at IWR, Monroe, Michigan, uh, wrestling Trey Miguel, and then Black Label Pro wrestling Dan the Dad. I can't wait for that. Keep your eyes peeled. I'll be showing up on AEW Dark here and there. And uh, who knows where I'll be showing up next.
1: Until next time, guys. We're out. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Hakeem Zane, also known as Rohit Raju. Just left impact. I've got the hiccups. I've got the hiccups while I'm doing this read. He just left Impact Wrestling, and now I've got the hiccups. Well, you know what? You won't have a hiccup when you're trying to watch your favorite shows, no matter where you are, when you use NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Avoid the region. Say again, avoid the region blocking when you use NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Change your virtual location with just one click. Access your content from over 59 different countries by changing that virtual location with just one click, and it's the fastest fastest VPN in the world. Your internet traffic is routed through secure encrypted tunnels that protect your data data and privacy, and you can use it on up to six different devices, phone, TV, iPad, router, laptop, whether you've got the hiccups or whether you don't, maybe you want to feel secure. I don't feel very secure right now doing an ad read with hiccups, but you know what? I'm rolling with the punches. But you you can feel secure when you're traveling, when you're on that hotel Wi-Fi, that airport Wi-Fi, that restaurant Wi-Fi. <laughs> Protect yourself. It's usually unsecured. It's not safe to... Bra- browse on. You leave yourself open to hackers and hiccups. But again, no hiccups with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You get an additional month free when you subscribe as well. NordVPN.com slash Fightful.